Imagine it's your birthday party Somebody brings a cake Looks so good and you just can't wait To get a piece Time comes to cut it up Something goes terribly wrong There's 20 people at the party And 10 don't have any cake at all Five people have just a bite Four people have only slices One greedy bastard As the rest of the cake In a bite's grip Well, this is what's happening in our country now singing about Bernie Sanders. You can find her on YouTube or on Bandcamp, and we will hear more of that song at the end of the program. Greetings and welcome to Bernie 2016. This is an independent podcast established to follow and comment on Bernie Sanders' candidacy for presidency of the United States. This podcast is completely independent of any candidate party or pack. You can find out more about Bernie 2016 at bernie-2016.com and you can send me a message at bernieus2016 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. As this is the inaugural podcast of Bernie 2016, I'll briefly describe what I am setting out to accomplish. I'm excited to see a candidate like Bernie Sanders enter the presidential race, so I wanted an outlet for expressing how I feel about the candidate and his platform, and a way to keep track of his progress. I expect to cover the platform and issues Bernie is promoting in his campaign, 
as well as the milestones and progress of his campaign. Thrown in on top of that will be commentary on the media and how they relate to Bernie, as well as occasional commentary on other candidates. I hope you enjoy this show and learn a little along the way. I know I will. Let's go. So if you've sought out a podcast that is focused on Bernie Sanders, I suspect that you already have a fair idea of who he is. But while he's been in politics for quite a long time, his exposure on the national scene has been much more limited. So I do I do think there are going to be some people out there who may come across this podcast who really don't know who Bernie Sanders is and need a little bit more background. So I'll, I'll just cover a little bit of Sanders' background right up front here. So Bernie Sanders was born in 1941. He is an American politician. He is the junior U.S. Senator from Vermont. He has announced his candidacy for the Democratic nomination in the 2016 presidential election. An independent politician since 1979, Sanders is a self-described democratic socialist who favors the creation of employee-owned cooperative enterprises and has praised Scandinavian-style social democracy. He caucuses with the Democratic Party and is counted as a Democrat for purposes of committee assignments. Since January 2015, Sanders has been the ranking Democratic member on the Senate Budget Committee. After several unsuccessful runs for office, Sanders was elected mayor of Burlington, Vermont, Vermont's largest city, in 1981. He was re-elected to three more two-year mayoral terms before being elected to represent Vermont's at-large congressional district in the United States House of Representatives in 1990. He served as a congressman for 16 years before being elected to succeed the retiring Republican-turned-independent Jim Jeffords in the U.S. Senate in 2006. And that's a story you should look up. Jim Jeffords was a Republican in the U.S. Senate, and he left the Republican Party um, because of disagreements with the direction that it was taking. So I encourage any of you out there to uh, look up Jim Jeffords and, and read about his story. Back to Bernie Sanders. In 2012, he was re-elected by a landslide to the U.S. Senate. Sanders was the only independent member of the House during most of his service and is the longest-serving independent in U.S. congressional history. Since his election to the Senate, Sanders has emerged as a leading progressive voice on issues like income equality, sorry, income inequality, climate change, and campaign finance reform. He rose to national prominence on the heels of his 2010 filibuster of the proposed extension of the Bush-era tax rates for the wealthy. Sanders is also outspoken on civil liberties issues and has been particularly critical of mass surveillance policies such as the Patriot Act. Sanders announced his intentions to seek the Democratic Party's nomination for president on April 30, 2015 in an address on the Capitol lawn. And I, I highly recommend you, anyone listening who wants to see and understand a little bit more about Bernie Sanders, is look up that 
announcement that he made to seek the Democratic Party's nomination for president. What I would expect, and what came later for Sanders as well, a, a candidate to do is have a major event to launch their campaign. And um, Sanders eventually had that. But that wasn't his event in announcing his decision to run and announcing that he was a candidate. That announcement of his candidacy was a super small affair. It was on the Capitol lawn. He walked out of the Capitol, stood on a 12 by 12 foot stage in front of 20 to 30 reporters and gave a a short speech um, of his, you know, declaring his candidacy and of the major themes of his campaign. And it was done in such a straightforward and simple manner and in a setting that was befitting Bernie Sanders. One of the hesitancies I had about deciding whether to run or not was obviously dealing with money. I'm not going to get money from the Koch brothers, and I'm not going to get money from billionaires. I'm going to have to raise my campaign contributions through BernieSanders.com, small individual contributions. That's how I'm going to do it. But I seriously wonder, and it's not just Bernie Sanders, I wonder now in this day and age whether it is possible for any candidate who is not a billionaire or who is not beholden to the billionaire class to be able to run successful campaigns. And if that is the case, I want you all to recognize what a sad state of affairs that is for American democracy. Okay. So before launching his campaign, Bernie set out in December 2014 his economic agenda for America. On this show, I'm just going to walk through the 12 points in that economic agenda. And in future programs, I'll dive in a little deeper to some of these ideas. Number one, invest in our crumbling infrastructure with a major program to create jobs by rebuilding roads, bridges, water systems, wastewater plants, airports, railroads, and schools. And Bernie Sanders is talking about a trillion dollar um, investment in our infrastructure. Two is transform energy systems away from fossil fuels to create jobs while beginning to reverse global warming and make the planet habitable for future generations. Number three is develop new economic models to support workers in the United States instead of giving tax breaks to corporations which ship jobs to low-wage countries overseas. And number four is make it easier for workers to join unions and bargain for higher wages and benefits. Number five on Bernie's list is raise the federal minimum wage from $7.25 an hour so no one who works 40 hours a week will live in poverty. And Sanders is currently talking about a $15 minimum wage. Number six is provide equal pay for women workers who now make 78% of what male counterparts make. Number seven is reform trade policies that have shuttered more than 60,000 factories and cost more than 4.9 million decent paying manufacturing jobs. Sanders is a very outspoken opponent of the Trans-Pacific Partnership or TPP. 
Number eight is make college affordable and provide affordable child care to restore America's competitive edge compared to other nations. Number nine is bake, break up big banks. The six largest banks now have assets equivalent to 61% of our GDP, over $9.8 trillion. They underwrite more than half the mortgages in the country and issue more than two-thirds of all credit cards. Number 10 on Sanders' list is join the rest of the industrial world with a Medicare for all healthcare system that provides better care at less cost. Number 11, expand Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and nutrition programs. And number 12 on uh, Bernie Sanders' list of economic focus areas in his platform is reform the tax code based on wage earners' ability to pay and eliminate loopholes that let profitable corporations stash profits overseas and pay no U.S. federal income taxes. So that's a look at Sanders' economic platform. Certainly doesn't go deep into all of the issues facing us today, but does really serve as a, a major and solid foundation of Sanders' entire presidential run. Uh, so as Sanders launched his campaign and began to talk about his campaign and actually start campaigning and, and running for president, um, the media has been following him. Um, at times it seems like reluctantly and certainly without the equivalency of which they are following and talking about some other candidates. Um, so there is a story from the Columbia Journalism Review on Bernie Sanders. It's titled, Bernie Sanders Can't Win, Why the Press Loves to Hate Underdogs. And I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from this story, uh, but you can take a look uh, online and find this story to read it in its entirety. For not going with the flow and for challenging Hillary Clinton, the big fish many elites have tagged as their own, Sanders' entry into the race was greeted with story after story whose message stated or understated, depending on the decorum of the messenger, was, quote, this crank can't win. The trouble with this consensus is the paucity of evidence to support it. Quote, this crank actually could win is nearer the mark. But having settled on a prophecy, the media went about covering Sanders so as to fulfill it. The Times, for example, buried his announcement on page A21, even though every other candidate who had declared before then had been put on the front page above the fold. Sanders' straight news story didn't even crack 700 words compared to the 1,100 to 1,500 that Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, and Hillary Clinton got. As for the content, the Times reporters declared high in Sanders' piece that he was a long shot for the Democratic nomination and that Clinton was all but a lock. 
none of the Republican entrants got the long shot treatment, even though Paul, Rubio, and Cruz were generally polling 5th, 7th, and 8th among Republicans before they announced. Other major news organizations ignored Sanders as nearly as they could a sitting U.S. senator who entered the presidential race. ABC's World News Tonight gave his announcement all of 18 seconds, five of which were allotted to Clinton's tweet welcoming him to the race. CBS Evening News fitted the announcement into a single sentence at the end of a two-minute report about Clinton. But it's not only Sanders' opponents who slight him, even his admirers spike their odes with dismissive vinegar. As in, quote, Bernie Sanders won't win, but his ideas might. And, quote, he won't win, so why is Bernie Sanders running? And, quote, Bernie Sanders' socialism may have a mainstream appeal, a headline whose promise is belied in the text with a terse, quote, Sanders is never going to be president. And this is very widespread in coverage of Bernie Sanders. Many, many of the articles that I've looked at and read start out um, very dismissively, uh, pointing out that Sanders is a long shot. Hillary Clinton is polling way ahead, which she currently is, and he has absolutely no chance of winning. Some of them say he has no chance of winning. Here's what he is talking about. Some of them say he has no chance of winning, but he'll drive Hillary to the left or he'll put forth some very important ideas in the in the presidential primaries. Um, but for the most part, they say his chances are virtually none. Back to the Peace and Columbia Journalism Review. The foregoing would be woeful enough even if it were true that Sanders has almost no chance of winning. But it's not true. I'll skip lightly over the conspicuous fact that if any frontrunner can have a Chappaquiddick, ask your parents, a deceptively amplified scream in regard, and that's note in regards to uh, the other Vermonter who previously ran, um, Howard Dean, who the media appeared to run away from after he let out a a scream of victory after the Iowa race when he was running. Um, So instead, back to the story, instead let me dwell on the simple fact that over the last 40 years, out of seven races in which the Democratic nomination was up for grabs, races that is when a sitting Democrat president wasn't seeking re-election, underdogs have won the nomination either three or four times, depending on your definition of an underdog, and have gone on to win the presidency more often than favored candidates. Some of these seekers were long shots indeed. Jimmy Carter was a lightly accomplished governor from a trifling state beyond whose borders he was little known and less regarded. A few weeks before he entered the presidential race, the Harris poll asked voters their thoughts on 35 potential candidates. Carter was not on the list. So of 35 potential candidates for the presidency, Jimmy Carter wasn't even listed among those potential candidates. After a year of campaigning just a couple of months before the first primary, 
he routinely polled 1% among Democratic voters and finished 8th in the narrow, narrowed field of 8 Democrats. That was only a couple months before the primaries began. Bernie, we are uh, 8 months ahead of the first primaries and Bernie is doubling his um, poll percentages you know every major new poll that's come out of the last three Um, back to the text but he won all the same because the other guys were Washington insiders and after Watergate and Vietnam Democratic voters and eventually the wider electorate didn't want another insider, no matter how often journalists told them they did. If you don't see a parallel to the present moment, a discontented time of Occupy, Black Lives Matter, Moral Monday, Fight for 15, the People's Climate March, Move to Amend, and other anti-establishmentarian agitation, you're either asleep or a publisher. And the story in the Columbia Journalism Review goes on. It talks about uh, Mike Dukakis and his position in the polling so early in the race. It talks about Clinton and Kerry and their lack of support very early in the race as well. And Sanders is doing better than all of them. And according to other reports, Sanders is polling well ahead of most of the Republican um, announced candidates in the Republican primaries, of which there are so far are eight or nine announced candidates and still a few more that are likely to announce. Um, so the this particular story is is a pretty good indication of what the coverage and reporting of Sanders has been like so far. Yeah. It's more important to you to get these ideas out than to contest the Democratic nomination. Oh, no, not at all. No, we're in this race to win. But it's not a question. But you got to understand, I, I ask people to understand my history. You are looking at a guy, undisputably, who has the most unusual political history of anybody in the United States Congress. I've run, it's not only that I'm the longest serving independent in the history of the Congress, I've run for statewide office, I got 1% of the vote. I don't know if I should be proud of that, but my last election I got 71% of the vote. The point is, that's not the right question. The question is, if you raise the issues that are on the hearts and minds of the American people, if you try to put together a movement which says we have got to stand together as a people and say that this capital, this beautiful capital, our country belongs to all of us and not the billionaire class, that's not raising an issue. That is winning elections. That's where the American people are. All right, thank you very much. Just a couple days ago, Sanders appeared on the Diane Rehm show. I used to listen to the Diane Rehm show a lot um, when I was free during the day um, and really think that she puts on a very good quality show. Um, and unfortunately, almost all of the news that came out of Sanders' appearance on her program focused on one specific incident that happened during that show. 
And this is from a story on thehill.com called Sanders Blasts Internet Nonsense. Quote, I do not have dual citizenship with Israel. Senator Bernie, Bernie Sanders repeatedly denied during a radio interview with NPR host Diane Rehm on Wednesday that he has dual citizenship with Israel, bemoaning the nonsense people see on the Internet. Quote, Senator, you have dual citizenship with Israel, Rehm remarked on the Diane Rehm show. And Sanders responded, well, no, I do not have dual citizenship with Israel. I am an American, he said. I don't know where that question came from. I am an American citizen, and I visited Israel on a couple of occasions, Sanders added. No, I am an American citizen, period. That's some of the nonsense that goes on in the Internet, Sanders said. But that is absolutely not true. And Sanders went on and discussed it a little bit further with him, um, you know, pointing out that it was a list that she had received that was posted online, um, that was a list of a number of politicians who are reported to have dual citizenship with Israel. And Sanders continued, quote, I got offended a little bit by that comment, and I know it's been on the Internet, he added. I am obviously an American citizen, and I do not have any dual citizenship. So later in the day, Reem apologized for her exchange with Sanders in a statement. And this was part of her statement. Quote, on today's show, I made a mistake. Rather than asking if Senator and presidential candidate Bernie Sanders whether he had dual U.S.-Israeli citizenship, as I had read in a comment on Facebook, I stated it as fact. I want to apologize as well to all our listeners for having made an erroneous statement, Reem added. I am sorry for the mistake. However, I am glad to play a role in putting this rumor to rest. So she apologized for her error, noting that it was something she read in a comment on Facebook and stated to the senator as a fact, which it clearly was not, um, but tried to bail herself out a little bit at the end by saying she was glad to play a role in putting the rumor to rest. Unfortunately, this dominated the news coming out of the interview. I would have liked to have had the news focus on some of Sanders' other ideas coming out of the interview, um, but such is the news media that we have today. Um, I have to say, I did read online prior to this interview that Bernie Sanders had dual citizenship with Israel and the U.S., and I know from his biography that Bernie Sanders did work in Israel. I don't know for how long. I don't believe it was for a particularly long time. But he spent time on a, a kibbutz in Israel, and I totally believed he had dual citizenship. Um, but apparently I was as incorrect as Diane Rehm. So how is Sanders' campaign doing so far? Uh, we're not too far in, only a few weeks from 
his announcement, I'm trying to think in my head, we're actually just about two weeks out from his announcement of his candidacy for presidency. Um, so we can kind of take a look at, at what he's done in these two weeks. Again, we're several months away from any of the primaries, um, but there's a lot of work to do in Sanders' case. Sanders is not a uh, Democrat um, historically. He has been independent his pretty much his entire political career, um, but in Congress as an independent, he caucuses with the Democrats, and he and the Democrats, not of course all the Democrats, he agrees with the progressive Democrats for the vast majority of um, of policies and of legislation. He's, he sits on committees as part of, or as what was part of the Democratic majority, now as part of the Democratic minority. He has um, placement in committees. So from Slate.com, this story on some of how Bernie's campaign has been going so far. And as noted in my earlier story, you can kind of get the gist of some of how the media is looking at this race from the headline here. And it is called Bernie Mentum is real. Hillary has no reason to worry. And this article is by Josh Voorhees. All of a sudden, Bernie Sanders is the hottest ticket on the campaign trail. Last Wednesday, the self-styled socialist drew an estimated 5,000 people to his formal campaign kickoff in Vermont. The next day, he packed roughly 700 into a town hall event in Davenport, Iowa, a figure that, according to the New York Times, made it the single largest rally in the state for any single candidate this season. It also dwarfed the 50-person crowd at a Saturday event in the same city for Martin O'Malley, who had officially announced his own Democratic bid earlier that day. And on a side note, I read a story in the last day or two on Rick Santorum's recent visit to Iowa, in which he had a campaign stop at a diner, which drew an audience of one. And that one was a leader in the Republican Party in that area. Um, so back to the story. The weekend brought more evidence of Sanders' unusual drawing power. On Saturday, another 700 or so people filled a community center to capacity in Iowa City to hear the Vermont senator speak, with several hundred more who couldn't make it into the event hanging around in the lobby to hear Sanders' remarks over loudspeakers. Hours later, 300 or so potential voters crammed into a community center in Kensett, Iowa, to listen to Sanders, which sounds like a relatively meager number until you realize the Census Bureau pegs the rural town's population at 261. And on Sunday, several thousand people turned out for one of the 73-year-old's events in Minneapolis. The polls are starting to tell a similar story. 
For much of 2015, Sanders has been mired in the single digits nationally. But as his campaign picked up steam over the past month, those numbers have taken a sharp turn skyward. According to the latest Quinnipiac University poll from the end of May, Sanders now sits in second place with 15% support among likely Democratic voters. Meanwhile, O'Malley, long considered to be the most obvious candidate to challenge Hillary Clinton from her left, clocks in at 1%, placing the former Maryland governor on par with two candidates most voters are barely familiar with, Jim Webb and Lincoln Chafee. And in addition to those numbers for Senator Sanders, um, there was a straw poll in the state of Wisconsin at a Democratic convention there. So all Democratic Party members and, and insiders were present at this convention in Wisconsin. And there was a straw poll on the presidential candidates. And Hillary Clinton was the winner of that with 49%. Um, so she just fell short of getting half of the votes cast. What was surprising to almost everybody was Senator Sanders came in in that straw poll with 41% of the vote, only an 8 to 9% deficit to Clinton's results. So really showing big potential for Sanders to move up and challenge Hillary Clinton for the nomination. In addition to that, uh, Sanders had an event in Keene, New Hampshire, which drew 700 or so people. Um, and he's just drawing large crowds and has a lot of support, you know, in the events he's been having. Just as a contrast, a significant event that Hillary Clinton had in New Hampshire um, drew 60 people. But Hillary Clinton's tactics so far in her campaign have been um, restrictive of participation in her events. She's been on what they're calling a speaking tour or a listen. Actually, I think they're calling it a listening tour where she is intentionally having small events with small groups of people, um, which may be a good tactic in the long run. But at this stage in the campaign, it doesn't speak for enthusiastic support for Hillary Clinton. Um, One of the interesting bits reported in the press around that meeting of of 60 or so individuals and that was in Hampton, New Hampshire was one of one of the members of her team said that they were able to provide invitations or or allow into the event nearly everybody who requested an invitation which to me just feels like there's then there's really not a whole lot of support at this very early stage in the campaign to go out and see Hillary Maybe it's because people are comfortable with her and, and think they know what she stands for and doesn't need, don't need to get out and learn about her. But maybe it's a lack of enthusiasm on part of the electorate for her campaign. And I think that's kind of what stung her in her last run for the Democratic nomination against Obama. So a lot of uh, movement and climbing and action and a lot of enthusiasm around the Bernie Sanders campaign, for sure. So that will wrap up episode one of Bernie 2016, the independent podcast. 
which follows and comments on Bernie Sanders' candidacy. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned a little bit. You can find out more about this show at Bernie-2016.com. You can send me a message by email at BernieUS2016 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Oh, on the internet, but-